Mitsubishi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May 28th, and Championship Weekend is finally here. It all comes down to this, boys and girls. We've got three more NCAA D1 men's lacrosse games left on the season. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Jake on the mics. We are also joined by Dukes. Shido final weekend of the season how you feeling coming into this final stretch i mean i've been outside i've been getting a tan i've been lifting a little bit you know i'm feeling great i'm sure the other guys are feeling great but me personally like i'm thriving right now so you know it's about me that's what that's what we're how how many how many runs do you think that you could get out there just just runs in general i mean it's uh at a you know i probably do 20, 30 miles a week, but in the hot sun on the no, field no, I, with a bucket I'm, on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in the run with, with a hot with a hot hot bucket on. Oh, coach, we're we're gonna need a deep bench. Let me just tell you that. It is hot out, <laughs> fellas. And it is gonna be hot this weekend at those first two games, which I'm sure we'll get into. But Dukes, how how's the weather up there? You know, it's been nice. Last week it was ninety. You, you saw that at Arlotta. A couple of yeah. guys got some cramps, but uh I saw the forecast for this weekend. Saturday looks like it, uh, it might rain a little bit. 65 I saw. So I don't think there's going to be any cramps at, uh, East, in East Hartford, but bittersweet. I mean, you know, the normal person, they have Memorial Day plans. They're going to Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, you know, Montauk, the Hamptons, something like that, this Jersey Shore. You know, every year I, I mark down the calendar, and I'm either at Foxborough, I'm in Philly. This year I'm going to East Hartford. Love it. Um, can't, can't wait for these games. He's a journeyman of uh, – you're taking the Ryan, Fitz, uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick approach here. Oh, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been all over all, – all up and down the East Coast for Memorial Day weekend. Never once to the beach. Never been to the beach. Uh, probably the closest I went to the beach was probably like when I went to Maryland to uh, MTNT. But, yeah, I love the Final Four. Always an awesome time. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you what. The, the rain on the schedule – on the forecast it actually it plays pretty well for these games because there's it's going to be on espn too the broadcast is going to be great the camera angles are going to be great and like when you get that little splash when when you've got a guy who just you know let's say we have matt moore docs aiken stepping in from you know 13 12 and they just let one fly and you get that splash of water off the back of the net it's a beautiful sight so i like the the nice hot days, it's it's great one if you're in the crowd. So you know it's a little unfortunate for you, Dukes, that you might get poured on a little bit. Um, and it's also good, like like when when Yale's in the Final Four and it's a little warm out, we always get those uh, we always get those good shots of of handsome Dan on the sidelines, just kind of maybe maybe taking a nice little ice bath. Um, but you know, without any handsome Dan in the mix. Rain's not too bad. The, the splashes on the back of the net are going to look phenomenal. Um, so two huge games getting us going on Saturday. But before we get to the final four, we also have to remember, we're, we're only a week away now at this point from the start of the 2021 PLL season. Uh, so all those boys, they're heading up to Foxborough this weekend. They're probably there right now as you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so they've got training camp going, but 
PLL announced uh, just the other day that few teams will be without a couple of uh, key Canadians. So it looks like, um, I don't know, boys, it, it looks like we might have to go to war with Canada to break some of these guys out because on the PLL's unavailable to travel list, ready, let, let's just go through these one by one. We've got Trey LeClaire stuck in Canada. Jeff Teat stuck in Canada, Tanner Cook, Curtis Dixon, Challen Rogers, Ryan Smith, Miles Thompson, big one, uh, Jesse King, Ethan Walker, and Brian Cole. Um, so I like. Do you guys? I I feel like I'm not a. Uh, I've I've never had the urge to join the military. Like I, I've I feel like if there was ever a draft. I, I'd be a draft dodger. Um, but if, if it means getting these guys out of Canada and into the PLL this summer, sign me up. Um, so one, you know, how, how do you guys feel being so close to the start of the PLL season? And two, how do you think that we, we uh, kind of sneak these guys over the border? I'm feeling pretty, uh, you know, I love the PLL. I love what they've done. Their product is just, you know, it's, it's so clean and it's always exciting and every game is always really, really, really good. And, you know, it's the highest level of cross. So like, you know, obviously I'm over the moon about it being close. Um, you know, I, I, I suppose I, I am at ends with the reasoning on keeping some of these guys on an uh, unable to travel list. I, I guess, you know, with Tanner Cook and Ryan Smith, Jeff T, Trey LeClaire, Ethan Walker, all being fresh out of school, I guess there's probably something with their visa that doesn't allow them to, you know, they have to go back to Canada as soon as school's done, and then they can't get back. Can't get back. I'm confused about Miles Thompson. Um, I, I was under the pressure. I was under the impression that he he lived in the United States, but that's that's on me if I if I don't know that. Um, but I mean, keeping some of those, you know, Challen Rogers, you know, excellent box player, Ryan Smith just set the goals record at RMU. So like, you know, these are Tanner Cook, like these are Jeff T. I mean, these are guys that we really, really, really wanted to see. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, five key players on, on the chaos. So, um, I mean, it sucks. Uh, but I, I suppose I understand. No, I don't really understand because these guys just played a whole season. Right, you know, half these guys just played a whole season, so I, I'm confused about the, uh, the the reasoning to make them stay in Canada when they get back. So, uh, I don't know, Dukes. Maybe we'll do like a Fast and Furious situation where, like, I'm Vin Diesel and we sneak by the border and and put them in a big truck, like a little heist thing, and and bring them back over. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was I had some ideas for how we could get them back over here, but like, uh, going like into the PLL season. This is the most exciting time for lacrosse because you get the NCAA playoffs, which I think is the best time, obviously, for like college lacrosse, lacrosse in general, Final Four, and then the PLL. You just like roll right into it. So like over the past couple of years, it's been awesome besides like last year. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm fucking pissed because I really wanted to see like Jeff Teat in action. Like the chaos are going to take like a huge hit, but like how will players like Mac O'Keefe step into their role and like you know, Curtis Dixon, I thought, came on strong in that playoff run. Like, him and Josh Byrne had that, like, dynamic connection. So, I don't know. I'm pissed. I thought the Chaos would be the second-best team going into the season, third-best team. So, um, that, that they're going to take a huge hit from that. But how do we get these guys over the border? I don't know which way Niagara Falls, like, faces, but I'm thinking we put them in one of those barrels. We just tuck them in there, maybe five people at once, 
and we just throw them over the edge. And then, you know, I think, I think I did the science and the math behind it. They all should survive. So I think this is the best idea that we could come it up checks with. Out. It yeah, checks, it checks out. out. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's feasible for, because there are people who have gone over Niagara Falls before. Some have died, but there are some who have lived. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess that would, I mean, money talks, right? Canada, yeah. they're, they're probably in some sort of state of depression right now. Um, th- those loonies and toonies probably can't be holding up in a, in a global economy. So if money talks, let's just get our, our good buddy Joe Sai to, to cut a check to Justin Trudeau. Because um, obviously Joe Sai has uh, pl- plenty of money just burning a nice little hole in his pocket right now. He just bought another NLL team. So the NLL will be going to Vegas um at some point here so another expansion team in vegas so uh josai listen get get in contact you know you can you can give us the money and then we promise that we'll send it to the canadian government to get these guys over like that's a that's a geordie guarantee that every every penny that you send our way will go directly towards breaking these guys out of canada and into the pll this summer I mean, that's an offer I mean, that Joe's, they really can't refuse. How is he going to refuse that? And, and, you know, Joe Sai, the challenge is on you because he always talks about growing the game, how great lacrosse is. Well, make lacrosse great. Go, let, give us the money. We'll go get the players. I have a minivan. I have a minivan back in, on Long Island. I don't mind making the drive to Toronto. Gather all the players. I'll bring them back. I'll take all the risk. So the way I see yeah. So the way I see it, we've got Joe Sai hitting us up in Venmo. We go grab your minivan in on Long Island. Jake is Vin Diesel. And then mm-hmm. we throw him over Niagara Falls. And then we've, I mean, that right there pretty much solidifies that the chaos will be winning a PLL championship this summer once they have the other half of their roster over in the States. Um, cool. You're welcome, yeah. Towers. So there we go. Yeah, AT. You can also cut us a check for that one. Uh, but yeah, so... Tough, tough break for some of those guys, but uh, very, very exciting time for lacrosse fans everywhere. Uh, you know, th- this little turnaround, the end of May in- into June, there's literally nothing better than this. Um, so let's just get right into our final four weekend. So starting off on Saturday, 12 p.m., ESPN2. We've got the UNC Tar Heels taking on Virginia. This will be the third meeting between these two teams. So they played, uh, they played early in March. They played again middle of April. Uh, they split that series one and one. I always go back and forth on like whether or not it makes sense to kind of like go back on like how these teams played each other before. Just because like once you get to this point of the season – like the games that happened before, like they're not really going to have much of an impact. Um, like I, I remember the first time that these teams played, like we had already seen Colin Krieg kind of come onto the scene in um, one of those high point games. But like, this was the first game where he's playing against a, uh, you know, another ACC opponent. And he was an absolute stud in that one. Um, let me just see if I can bring up those, those numbers real quick. So he had uh, yeah, he had 20 saves in that game. So, uh, but then the next time that these two teams played in April, uh, Virginia was able to just unleash 18 goals in the back of the net. Uh, and, and that, that game for Virginia looked a lot more like what we saw out of them this past weekend against Georgetown, where just all their dogs were going. Uh, Matt Moore 
two and six, Laviano four and two, Jeff Connor had four, a um, little bit of a quiet day out of Connor Schellenberger with, so, um, you know, these two teams, you know, I, I think we knew heading into the season that it was going to be the ACC in Maryland at, you know, at, at, at the top of the mountain here. Um, so, I mean, these are two teams that we obviously, no surprise that they're each uh, playing championship weekend. So, um, you know, Dukes, how, how do you, how do you see this Virginia, th- those dogs coming back to defend their championship against, uh, you know, someone who's obviously hungry, like a, like a Chris Gray and someone who obviously doesn't have any fear stepping in the cage with some of these shots like Colin Krieg. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't tell if I just really want Virginia to win. I, in my like final four bracket, I had North Carolina winning, but I think if it's raining, I've seen, I went last final four I went to, I like, Think that just Virginia has, like you said, a bunch of dogs, upperclassmen. You got the stud that's a freshman, Schellenberger. They're also peaking right now. I also said this in like the first podcast I was on. I was like, Virginia's peaking at the right time, but their defense is like coming along. Like they shut down that Georgetown attack. They're long. They're lanky. They'll annoy the shit out of you. I think that like, I, as we saw, like I thought, I think a mediocre Rutgers defense was able to neutralize North Carolina. So I, I, I kind of like Virginia to win this one. You know. Docs, Matt Moore, Laviano, like this is the, all, all their last years together. I'm sure that some people will come back next year because that fifth year eligibility rule. But I, I, like, I like Virginia in this one. Road, as we know, he steps up in these big games. LaSala, he steps up. Um, these are clutch, clutch players. Um, and I think he had the, he had the advantage over uh, Tucci. LaSala had the advantage over Tucci in the two games. I think Virginia's great on the ground balls. And in the rain, it's going to be a sloppy one. I like Virginia. I like Virginia. Okay. I, I got I to I disagree here. I think that uh, – I, I, I think that Chris Gray willed, that way, willed their win um, over Rutgers. I think that uh, – I mean, yeah. So, Virginia has a bunch of dogs. They are peaking at the right time. The defense is, is, is solid. Um, you know, they've, they've been to the final four weekend before they are the reigning champs. You know, I just, I don't, I don't foresee, uh, the Tar Heels letting them go down easy, right? I don't think they're going to let them take it, take it pretty close. I think we could, you know, I, to be perfectly honest, I think we could have another overtime game here. I think that Chris Gray wanting the tour, you know, with, you know, Tawarton level performance last week with Rutgers, you know, making those two cause turnovers and getting the ball back so they could, you know, win the game. I think that that's, you know, it's not unreasonable to say that, you know, Chris Gray has a Michael Sowers moment and puts up eight, you know, eight points. So mm, I'm not going to say one way or the other. I think, I think I would like to see UNC in the finals, right? I'd love, because that would, be more of an argument for Chris Gray getting the Tuarton. Um, because if he doesn't make it to the finals, I don't think he has a chance. I think that's a legitimate take, right? We're not going to disagree with that. I think he's got to be, he got to be on in the finals to get the Tuarton. Um, so, you know, if he, just to make a legacy like that, I think that, you know, he's, he's got to get there. So I think the key matchups this weekend, uh, definitely Tucci and LaSala, 
and then um, UNC offense versus Virginia's defense. I mean, that's the I think the playing matchups. You know, maybe maybe not letting Tanner Cook run wild on you, uh, Lance Tillman. All right, for for the Tar Heels going wild that last weekend. So, I don't know. We'll see who steps up. But I got I got UNC in overtime. I I want a thriller. What about you, Jordy? Yeah. Um, so on the Towardson comment, I would say like, yeah, like if if anyone's going to take it from Jared Bern, because I I'd say Jared Bernhardt's like kind of comfortably in the lead at this point. So in order for someone to like take it from him, like they'd have to kind of will their team to the championship Agreed. game. Um, no, I, I, I agree with Dukes in this, like, you know, with, with that, as long as the weather kind of holds up the way that it looks like it will be. And it like uh, some rain in the forecast, it'll be a little bit of a sloppy game. Um, I've already made it abundantly clear how I feel about ridebacks. I, it gets my juices flowing. I love the shit out of some ridebacks. And I think that they're um, huge plays that, that spark a sideline and kind of give that, give those teams just an extra bit of a bit of life. And I think that these are the two teams in this tournament that do it the best. Um, so, you know, we, we've, we've talked plenty about Ian Laviano's rides. Um, you know, you, you look back to last week with Doc's Aiken with that massive hit that, that he laid. So, I mean, he plays, um, like a demon in between the boxes and then this UNC team, like Chris Gray rides his ass off every single time. So I think with how sloppy it's going to be and how difficult it might be for some of these guys to, to end up clearing the ball. Um, like I, I think that those ride backs are going to have a, a huge, huge role uh, in deciding this one. Um, definitely going to need a little bit more out of Tanner Cook in this game than, than we. I, I, he's been, I guess, dealing with some sort of an injury, and we only saw him play mostly man up last week. Um, you know, and and he just wasn't really able to get himself into into the swing of things. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, Chris Gray is going to be the one where everyone's got to watch out for. But if you can have those secondary scores, um, to, because like that's that's what Virginia has a little bit more than what I think than UNC. I, th- I think that Virginia has more guys who can put the ball in the back of the net like pretty regularly. Um, so I, I think, you know, if we're talking ridebacks, are are almost a wash. Um, I do think that LaSalle will probably have the edge at the face-off stripe because he, he shows up in big moments like this. Um, and then I, th- I think just a little bit more scoring depth for Virginia. So I'm, I'm going to go Virginia. Um, but yeah, but I mean, both of these games are going to be ridiculous on Saturday. So it's going to be tight as could be. Um, now that second game, Duke, the Blue Devils, the super team heading into the 2021 college lacrosse season. Everyone had them pegged as probably the most prolific offensive team in the nation for sure. Um, then also having, you know, a, a preseason defenseman of the year type of caliber guy in JT Giles Harris taking on the Maryland Terrapins, a team that's been in countless final fours at this point uh, led by JB one uh, and an absolute, just art artillery of offensive firepower. And um, yeah, so, I mean, Maryland coming in here, they're the only team that's still undefeated. So that would be something to watch out for in this game. Um, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, both of these games are great, but I, I think that like, this is the game that uh, will really, 
I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say here because Maryland has proven themselves. Like I feel like Jake, like you kind of you're you're in my brain a little bit here with saying that Maryland still has to prove themselves. But like this is a game where if if there's anybody out there at all who's still a a Big Ten Maryland doubter, like this is the one where it's like, okay, you guys, everyone who was saying that Maryland hasn't played anyone and, and they're not actually as good as they are can shut up depending on how this one goes on Saturday. So uh, Terps and Duke, I personally, I, I think, uh, I think that the Terps just have, again, they, they might not have the, you know, I, I'd say that Sowers and O'Neill are, are two of the best three in this matchup, right? I'd, I'd say Sowers, Bernhardt, O'Neill, like those are like the three best players in this game. So Duke having two of them should give them the advantage, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm riding terms on this one. Also my brain's spinning in a million directions because I can't even think about how this game's going to go. So I'm going to pass it off onto one of you, Jake, you can, you can take this one. Um, this is okay. one where I, I felt really confident heading into recording this that Maryland <laughs> would win this. And then the moment I started talking, I was like, holy shit, there's no possible way to know how this will go. I mean, I have a, okay. I have a, a vague idea of how I would imagine this game going, right? The key for Duke, all right? I think the key for Duke is to not let Maryland get hot, right? Maryland can score at will, you know, three goals in 46 seconds um, in the, in the, Notre Dame game um that that's pretty tough but um I think so the game plan would be not to let Maryland get get tough play good six good six on six defense and you know trust your process and trust your scores like my you know trust Michael Michael Sowers you know hopefully see what you see at Garrett Ledman sighting um you know trust Brennan O'Neill to put the ball in the back of trust Joe Rob you know put the ball in the back of the net when need be um, I don't imagine, you know, it's, th- this is the tough part too, is because if we do get another like very close situation, we do have two teams who can play clutch ball, right? You got Duke with Joe Rob, and then you have, you know, JB one getting the ball in, you know, any situation off, off, uh, um, like a, in a close game or overtime, what they needed, what we, what I would be looking out for all all game is how Duke defends Maryland's two-man games. Maryland initiates a lot from the wing, lots of big little attacks, right? You know, Jared Bernhardt, you know, attacking the wing, looking for a razor pick uh, and going right to the goal. If they can defend Jared Bernhardt coming from the wing, I think they put themselves in a good position, make a couple key stops, and then, you know, use those opportunities to put the ball in the back of the net get a nice comfortable lead two or three goals and just ride that through the end. Otherwise, if you let Maryland run wild and again, yeah, I, I am a reformed big 10 hater. Okay. I, I have a little bit of my own big 10 hate because of Hopkins, right? Because but, of how, but, but how you're not, Hop's but doing. You're not the only one. I, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. I think I don't, I don't think that you can look at what Maryland did to Notre Dame, right. And how they performed with Notre Dame and say like, or even how Rutgers played, you know, against UNC and be like, you know, uh, the Big Ten still wasn't up to par. I think if anything, you know, we we definitely downplayed it. But it's but it's easy to downplay it because, you know, they didn't play out of schedule. They didn't play out of a out of conference. So like, we're not really at fault, right? There was just no evidence for it. So um, I don't know, Dukes. Do you have any wild takes for this one? Because I, I think it's pretty straightforward. You know, nobody knows. 
I don't think it's wild. I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate Maryland. I don't hate Maryland. They're in the final four. They're, they're a top four team in the country. That doesn't necessarily mean that I have to agree that like they're going to win it or that they're going to beat Duke because like I said, last episode, I still have concerns with Maryland. I also have concerns about Duke. I think that Duke's defense really needs to step up in this one. Cause like I noticed in the Notre Dame game, Maryland's six on six offense could very well be the best in the country, but also they have to get control of the ground balls because they lost the faceoff battle against Notre Dame. They're going up against a stud in Jake Naso. He's like seventh in the country in faceoff percentage. And then you got a good goalie in Mike Adler. Um, so yeah, McNaney, I think he's got to step up. I mean, he's, he's my X factor. He's got to get above 50% because I don't think that they can win two games in a row with the goalie saving 43% of their shots and then the faceoff X going 33%. So they're going to really have to get on the ground balls. Um, but yeah, I think that Duke, JT Giles, obviously, um, this is like his third Final Four. So looking for him to really step up in this moment. And then a defender that I've really enjoyed watching the past couple of games is uh, Kenny Brower, the uh, Duke sophomore. I think that in the years to come, he's going to be a national player, uh, not national, but defensive player of the year to uh, watch out for. Um, but I like Duke. I do. Uh, Duke by five. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get a, you don't want to get shit on again. No, no but I, I, I do. I, I, no, I go ahead. Duke, I feel you. Duke could win. Duke could win by like two plus three plus. That's what I'll say. Like it, there's very well that possibility. Like we see what Duke can do. Like, um, it was funny. Like we had, I had a coworker in the office yesterday talking to me about uh, Grill. He's like Grill. Like he has quick feet. Um, I th- really think he'll match up well with Towers. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Grill's like a really good player. Like he'll be really good in the PLL. I'm sure he'll be like a great extra in Sowers highlight tape this weekend. Um, yeah, but <laughs> absolutely. I, I think uh, yeah. that I think that people people misconstrue what defense looks like when you're playing Michael Sowers because Michael Sowers essentially is not guardable in the sense that he will he he moves the ball and moves himself at will. You're just trying to keep up and keep a half step, right? People think that that you know if Sowers dodges and he doesn't score on the dodge that it's it's great defense when in reality he's not dodging the score he's dodging the pass yes right yeah so like his dodging the pass people are like oh he's been locked up no no that's not that's not, that's not, that's not what's going on <laughs> i've had this argument for years with players i'm like like when you know sours at x and he draws the first slide who passes it to the guy who gets the assist you know like it's a hockey assist whatever i'm not even gonna call it that but I'm like he started the whole rotation like that's gotta count for something he got the defense all out of sorts so it just pisses me off when some people just like argue like, oh, he like he didn't do anything, blah blah blah. But like, I, I couldn't, I could not agree more with you on that take. Yeah, the the Michael Sowers is washed takes. I just, I don't think that they're watching the same game that, that we are. So lazy. So just such a lazy take. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I just think, like going back, like I, I'm not crazy on McNaney, and I'm also not crazy on Adler. So I think that this had like this game has the potential to be very like regardless of weather. I think that this has the potential to be like a, a nice like 16, 15 type of game. Like I, I, I'd probably go over on grind. This one. Um, That's a grind. And and you know, but I I think. I don't know. Like we've, we've seen Maryland score goals quickly. Like we saw the three goals in 46 seconds, but I think that Duke to me is the more dangerous team, just like in transition, just getting quick hitters and just, you know, cause they, anyone, any one of them can get you, you know, they can, 
pass it down to, to O'Neal who can blast it from 15. They can throw it down to Sowers who can put, you know, someone on their ankles real quick and then draw a slide and then kick it over. And like, so I, I think Duke, in transition to me is a little bit more dangerous and like that's how they'll rack like that's how they'll go on their runs where they'll be scoring those quick hitters that just kind of like Maryland's defense is just like well fuck like what are we supposed to do about that and then with Maryland like I, I just feel like the six on six um is really like where they can just try to take like some of the air out of the ball tire down that that Duke defense that like yeah like they're they're good but like I don't think it, it's not the best. Like I, I'd say it's definitely not the best no. defense that Maryland will see this tournament since they already had to play against Notre Dame. So like the longer you can get, you know, and, and tire out that Duke defense, the more goals that Maryland will be able to pour on in the fourth quarter, because we've seen them be a fourth quarter team time and time again. So um, yeah, I mean that that's really just, you know, if, if Maryland can get those deeper possessions, and and pour it on that way, then I see Maryland. But if Duke's able to get all those goals in transition, then I see Duke. Um, and if both of those things happen, then it's going to be an unbelievable day for lacrosse fans either way because it's going to be an awesome game. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's my take on it. Also, just looking at it, it looks like their defense scoring-wise are, like, pretty even. Like, they both give up, like, 10 a game. So I do think that this is – if this is – I kind of agree with you. If this is less than 15 goals, I might – I think I would go that Maryland wins it because – they, with their six, I'm like, I, their six on six offense is so fucking good. Um, you know, and I, I also think that the Maryland midfield, to their credit, they, they, get, they can exploit those Duke defensive middies. I'm not impressed by their short stick team middies at all. Um, but I think that if this does go into a track meet, like as we saw in the 2019 Final Four, when it was Penn State, Yale, like it turned into a track meet and I think that Duke will run, could like, you know, like not run away with it, but you know, it gets to that two, three goal margin. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a good one. I, I like, would you guys be surprised if this is two OT games? Like I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I, I, I feel like as lacrosse fan, we've, we've earned, I, I know that we got a little greedy last weekend with having three out of the four quarterfinal games going into it. But after missing, that second half of, of 20, I, I feel like we've earned it. We've earned at mm-hmm. least one. One of them will go to overtime. That's, that's a Jordy lock. Also, looking towards the national championship on Monday, uh, no matter who wins Virginia, North Carolina, if Maryland wins, I will be taking North Carolina or Virginia just based off my picks. I, I, just, I can't choose Maryland. Like I have to keep fading. I just want that on the record. That's fine. I'm all, I'm all in on that. I, I'm, I'm all in on that yeah. take. I mean, yeah, I'm all in on that take. I, I, you know, the Terps have been. I mean, look at the numbers. The Terps have been to the been to the championship game. This would be like the fourth time in ten years they've only got one win out of there. Duke has three. So, well, numbers, yeah, the and numbers, like, the numbers are speaking for themselves. Are we are we turning into the Maryland hate segment? Because like we can do that. We can go. We can go that route. Listen, I'm, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna let you guys do that because it's it's been working out for the Terps pretty well. So yeah, I mean I know that I know that Kyle Long is on here, you know, on the back of the bus, like listening, like got his hands covered, <laughs> like listening to the crease dive, texting JB1 to the front of the bus, like, did you hear this shit? You you'll never believe what this shit they're talking about, you JB. And I'm I, sure I know JB1 doesn't even have a phone. He probably has to like write it down on like a pen and paper and then pass it to him like a hand. He strikes me as an Andrew Luck guy. 
he, he's an Andrew Luck. <laughs> like, he, like, he, like, he's out there, like, somebody just blows him up in traffic. He's like, good hit, bud. You know, that's, that's a good, that's a good hit, you know, man, or like, you know, I, he, he scores like a, a sick goal. He's like, you know, maybe not, you know, that, that was a great try on the save. You know, you're doing, you're doing a great job. I just, he's, he's got a flip phone and shit. Like I, I'm sure that that's, that he's all Zen like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so another great weekend of college lacrosse ahead of us. It is the final weekend of the season. So boys and girls, make sure you don't take any of this for granted Get yourself ready. If, if you're going to be in East Hartford, safe trips down there. You'll see Duke's boots on the ground. Uh, if not, grab yourself a couch. Grab yourself some uh, a nice uh, bang energy. Throw on the TV, ESPN2. It's going to be can't miss entertainment. Make sure that you are following us on socials. That is at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll talk to you guys after these games wrap up on Saturday. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high the day we die. Church high five.